Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. You're listening to the KWUR Theater of the Air here on KWUR 90.3 FM, Clayton, Missouri. I'm one of your two hosts, uh, David Ratstrom. And I'm David Brunel Brotman. Yes, uh, welcome to our show this evening. It's a fabulous soiree. It is indeed. The fancy times for all. Yes, I know I came prepared. As you can see, well, as as you can possibly, you I can't hear. I thought you were joking. What? No. I thought you were joking. Well, I mean, it's just water, but... Um, but he's got, he, uh, he has a martini glass. I, I am prepared to uh, ride this out in style. All right, well, very well, Mr. Reinstrom. I don't think we should talk like that for the entire show. No, we shouldn't. Hello, you're listening to the K-Word Theater of the Air. This is the soiree episode, and I have brought... Um, and... A- do we have a soiree for you? We do have a soiree for you. I brought a little martini oh, yes. glass. I, I was just pouring water from my water bottle into my martini glass, and I can see all these little lemon fragments. He said, "I'm going to, I'm going to bring a martini glass earlier," and I thought he was joking. He didn't believe me. I put, I put lemon in my water bottle, and now I squeezed it into, I squeezed out the water bottle's contents into a martini glass, and I can see these tiny little fragments of lemon pulp. It looks like dead skin. Really? That's fascinating. It's kind of gross. It's what I drink all the time, and I just never look at it because it's an opaque water bottle. Oh, well, bottom's up. And he downs the entire thing mm. in one gulp. Ah, Well, water is tasty. Water is tasty, especially at a fancy soiree. Yes. Everything we're going to be playing for you tonight is themed around the idea of a fancy soiree. In fact, uh, our what we're playing tonight is exclusively KWUR Theater of the Air original content. Yes, it is. Uh, two piping hot, fresh, new uh, uh, Sky Pirates episodes that I've been working on over the past couple of weeks are now complete. Our fantastic... Uh, Sky Orchestra and our funk band and the swing group that is formed out of that have we've completed all the work um, across these the, these two years of labor for these these shows. Um, all the all the recordings are now complete, uh, and everything for Sky Pirates and uh, the Human Chord is in post production. Simon yep. Colt still has music to be done, but that's still more of a post production thing. So. Um, we will be having a couple more shows as we approach graduation, because that is coming up for Dave and me. Sniffle. Single tier. Single tier. Um, but we're going to be, uh, you know, as often as I complete and he completes editing, we'll have new episodes, new content. But once we actually go off the air, we will continue to podcast um, new episodes of, uh, of K-Worth Theater of the Air content. And that can be accessed by David. Going to our website, kwradiotheater.wordpress.com. It is true. Or searching for either of our names. That's D-A-V-I-D-R-H-E-I-N-S-T-R-O-M in the iTunes store. Go ahead. Do it. Tickle my ego. You can um, search for KWR, actually, in iTunes. Yeah, you could do that. That's probably a more reasonable thing to do. How's that spelled? K-W-U-R. Clayton! 90.3 FM. We need to start putting we, that we back gotta on. yeah, we gotta get our our awesome station ID back and going again. Anyway, tonight. Tonight. Episode six and seven of Sky Pirates. It's gonna be so exciting. It's gonna blow your mind. We it, hope. It blew my mind. Like I I mean, I you know gaping hole in like the I'm injured. Head. Yeah. I got I had to put some somebody uh, about that. I had to put some gauze on it. Yeah. I should probably see someone about that. Do we need to remind our listeners uh, of of the story thus far before we go into it? Um, it's been a little while. Yeah, okay. So, Nash, good guy. Lady Magdalena, bad guy. Lady Magdalena captured Nash after a searing, searingly hot tango sword fight battle on the plains of Spain. Uh, instead of killing him, she bundled him up and took him into... Um, other bad guy, Baron Klaus von Grupp's airship, and our story opens in the ancestral home of Lady Magdalena. Shall we go to it? I think so. Austria! The moonlight gleams against the black rock of the Alps, wet with rain. A monstrous edifice here stands, nestled in the mountains like a roosting snake. A castle of black steel, der Schloss Schwarzstall. 
the ancestral home of Lady Magdalena, she-devil of the Luftwaffe. A single room in the castle's highest tower glimmers with light. Someone is awake. Give it up, Nash. I've got nothing to give you, Magdalena. What's this? What does it look like? Gulliver Nash, our hero, in chains? How can this be? Isn't it positively delicious? The Baron and I finally caught up with you. And now I'm going to break you. Nash, how I long to hear you squeal. I'll die first. You'll get no satisfaction from me, you thrice-damned fascist. You still have hope, don't you? You think your friends will rescue you? I don't. They have more important things to do. You're gonna kill me anyway. And doesn't that bother you? Not really. All things considered, I'd rather not die, but I don't really have that option. Magdalena bears steel. No, you don't. Then bring it on. Magdalena draws closer. She tenses her arm and prepares to strike, but suddenly... My God, you're handsome. She flings her sword away. Nash, still braced for impact, looks up. Wait, aren't you going to kill me? Not yet, I think. I'm conflicted. You're awfully cute. No, this is still part of the torture. I can tell. You want me to let my guard down. And then you're going to kiss me with poisoned lipstick. I do not have poisoned lipstick. But you were going to kiss me. No! I... Maybe. Shut up! Ow! Oh, how's these feelings rage this in me? Nash, I hate you. But yet, I feel unable to kill you. What is it? Can I possibly love you? Oh, God. Can Nash hear my inner monologue? No, I have no idea what you're saying. Okay, good. So, I, um, I noticed that you've stopped whipping me. Oh, did you want another? I'm good, thanks. No, I... I have decided that I don't want you bleeding all over this carpet. It's all part of the torture. I don't believe you. I'm not listening, la la la. Listen to this, you fool. Magdalena takes him in her arms and administers a full-on kiss. That was unexpected. (laughs) But surprisingly pleasant. And I'm not poisoned. Can you untie me? Hmm... No, no, I think I'll keep you like this for a while, Nash. (laughs) Oh, I I, I don't like that smile at all. No, no, indeed. That smile portends nothing good for our hero. For what could be planned by a soul so deviant as to chain a Sky Pirate? (laughs) The crew of the Feathered Beagle, Nash's airship, have some idea. Naked. Suspended by his ankles, tortured if he's not dead already. Come off it, Jarish. He's not dead. Stop thumping your tankard. You'll scratch the table. A light snow falls on a tavern in Bern, Switzerland, and Georgina Purcell, mechanic and acting captain of the Beagle, is furious. Chained to the wall like a dog. Now you've hurt Admiral Nelson's feelings. We have to save Nash. You hurt him. He said the mission was more important. We've got to stop Crap from conquering the... the moon. Got no leads, though. That Baron could be anywhere. Wilhelm, I'm delighted by the speed at which you've adjusted to our company. I've spent over a decade in the company of mostly yaks. I'll take what I can get. <laughs> Nash is a fine man, and I would consider him my equal. And he said that we have to stop Grapp. I'm acting captain now, and we're rescuing Nash, no questions. Then we stop Grapp. We have no idea what kind of awful things that Magdalena is doing to Nash right now. <clears throat> no, indeed. What's that? supposed to mean? <clears throat> Wilhelm. Yeah. Where would she be keeping it? Assuming nothing has changed since the dissolution of our marriage, Magdalena keeps two homes. One summer cottage near Geneva. So probably not. And one in the Austrian Alps, the ancestral castle. You have a castle? Her castle, and she can keep it. Been in her family for generations. And that's what she'd be keeping in? Yes. So we've got to get in there. Fine, George. We have to save Nash. You're right. Save Nash, is it? Aye, Stegman. Tis the plan. Tell the crew. Oh, I will. I surely will. You left your beer on the... Okay. Wilhelm, have you ever planned a heist? I'm sorry. A what? A plot? A caper? A jack and apery? No, but I could give it a try. What we need now is a cover. Some excuse to get in. 
Oh, Rudolph, what a felicity it is that Cousin Magdalena has invited us to her ball. Such a party it shall be. She hasn't held one at the castle in years. That'll work. And as the Feathered Beagle's crew plots an escape for Nash, Magdalena lays out plans for a party. Nash, darling. Mm. I am simply torn. I want very much to serve the champagne with the canapes, but it will go so nicely with the roast pheasant. Is it good champagne? It's okay. Serve it with the canapes. You're so smart, Gulliver. If I'm so smart, why am I still chained to your wall? Because you know what's good for you. Don't call me Gulliver. I'll call you whatever I like, Turtle Dove, if you want me to let you attend my party. And again, why would you want me at this party? I thought we were celebrating my death. And I'm not dead yet. <laughs> you certainly aren't. That's fair. <laughs> Stop it. I intend to make an important announcement at the party, Nashi. All my friends will be there. And my important announcement would be what? Patience, you smoldering devil. Now help me pick out my evening gown. Okay. And so goes the hideous tortures of the black-hearted Lady Magdalena. Oh, come on. Uh, honestly, I've had a lot worse in terms of torture. I'll say you have, you scamp. Yeah, remember when you whipped me and tried to poison me with smooches? No. Does this one make me look even prettier than usual? And yet, as much as Magdalena is enjoying herself, another is even happier, consumed with dark glee. My god, it's really happening, Bladebot. Baron Klaus von Grupp, tyrant of the skies, is putting the final touches on a machine of devious, ingenious construction. Sir, it is a most excellent rocket. I am all a flutter. It is phase one of the Baron's fiendish plot for world domination. His deadly robotic companion, Bladebot, looks on. Now that the rocket is complete, it is but a simple thing to load it with robot troops and send them off to the moon, where my fortress will be constructed. Yep, it's gonna be so pretty. And when that happens, Bladebot, <laughs> when that happens, our foot is in the door. From there, world conquest, Bladebot. Victory! Empire! Permit me an evil laugh. <laughs> Go for it. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, beautiful, okay. <laughs> All right, okay, too much. Too much fun, okay. Back on the Feathered Beagle, plans take shape. Listen up, crew. We have two days to plot this caper. We have two invitations, courtesy of Cousin Frederick and Cousin Rudolph over there. Shut up, you two. Now, Wilhelm has prepared a mock of the castle on these slides. There is no halfway about this. We will do this, and we will do it right. Our forward intelligence indicates that there will be 300 guests. There are 25 kitchen and waitstaff, all told. There are 42 of us, so 27 of us are going ashore. Two dressed as the imitation nobles, and the rest of us are staff. The castle has four levels. The ground floor, the basement and its wine cellar, and the two higher floors. And then there is the matter of the tower. The tower was Wilhelm's old study. No doubt Magdalena has redecorated. And it seems likely that this is where she is keeping Nash. Those posing as Frederick and Rudolph must infiltrate the party and then sneak up, unnoticed, to the tower and undo Nash's bonds. Then the three of them will escape and meet at the rendezvous point. Yes, thank you. Where's the rendezvous point? Right here, by the stand of trees. Here's what will happen. The nobles will arrive at the party by carriage. The crew will hijack a champagne truck and pull up here, behind the castle. The Beagle will relocate to the rendezvous point for extraction after we rescue Nash. But George, I don't understand. What does the crew have to do with the infiltration? Why replace the kitchen staff? It's a backup plan. If things go wrong, the crew will have to, uh, troubleshoot. How do you mean? If you run into trouble. Yeah? Shoot it. And the night of the party arrives. The castle is abuzz with activity. Nash is no longer chained up, but instead sits on an ottoman in the refurbished study in the tower, lacing up his boots. Thank you for trusting me enough to let me take a shower. You were starting to get a bit fragrant. Yeah, you didn't have to watch, though. Oh, yes, I did. You might have escaped, like a naughty bunny. Yes. So, uh, the party's tonight. Mm-hmm. You were going to tell me something, weren't you? Why, yes, darling. Yes, I was. 
You know, I was married once. I am aware. I was so proud of my husband. I thought him so brilliant, so beautiful. He was the finest pilot Europe has ever known. I would agree. But I was raised in this castle, Gulliver. I was raised by parents who insisted that honor was paramount, that reputation was paramount, and you destroyed my reputation. When you scored a hit on Wilhelm's wing, our honor was tainted. I had to cast him off, and he had to die. Well. And it took me a while to recover that lost honor. I had to really hunt for you. For a man as brash as you are, Nash, you were awfully hard to find. Well, I don't keep a permanent address. And I found you, thinking I would kill you. I dreamed for years of chasing you down, of stringing you up by your ankles, and plunging a knife deep, deep into your viscera. <laughs> But by God, do I love you. I hated you for being a better pilot, a better man. And then I realized that when I thought I wanted you dead, all I really wanted was you. Nash, marry me. What? I must have you. Maggie. Say yes, Nash. Say yes and flood my heart with joy. I can't. What? This isn't the sort of thing you can just rush into. Nash. I know it sounds like a great idea now, but think of the future, honey. What kind of couple would we be? We scarcely agree on anything. I hate this castle. We could redecorate. You're a fascist. Fascist sympathizer. You chained me up for five days straight. You liked it. I did not. Oh, yeah. Magdalena, while this is great fun, you know this wouldn't work out in the long term. You can't mean that. I do, sweetheart. I'm sorry. Not as sorry as you'll be! God, I need those. You'll come around. I will give you a week to consider. Chained up. And you're quick with the chains. You cannot know how you have hurt me. I may have some idea. We'll see how you fare once you're alone, Gulliver. How jealous you shall be. How dark and cold this tower is, when the lights are off and the fire is dead. How the sounds of mirth will echo up, and your miserable cries will go unheard. Bye? I guess. And as Nash is left alone, the plan to rescue him springs into motion. A large, white van trundles along the gravel back roads of the Schloss Schwarzstall. Within... Two dozen cramped airmen crouch, clutching cudgels, swords, and pistols. They sit on pallets and lean against crates of champagne and one another, attempting the greatest silence. Mostly. Get your elbows if my gut, you brass-hearted Sassnack bladderskite. My elbow wouldn't be in your gut if you shed a stone or two, you great lumbering porch. Fenwick, when we're through with this, I will beat you senseless while I mash in niblick and feed your miserable innards to a gook. Tucker. Yeah? I can hear you all the way from over here. Shut up and drive. Yes, Stigman. Fenwick, the threat stands. Present identification if requested, and then knock him out. Got it? Go in. Good. This is a damnable business. Stegman, the helmsman of the Feathered Beagle, turns wearily to his companion, the robot rebuilt by George. And your company is both comforting and unsettling, Mr. Digby. Indeed, Mr. Stegman. How so? You don't blink. I have no eyelids. Would you like me to make some? I could borrow yours. But you're becoming more human every day. Mostly with the sarcasm. Who's sarcastic? You're every inch a product of George's tutelage. Mistress Georgina has taught me well. How to fight, how to think. Say on, my robot mate. What are you thinking? I'm calculating the odds of everything going according to plan. Oh, dear. And what are they? Approximately 1,978 to 1. Approximately. Great. A proper airman's odds. And as helmsmen and metalmen alike wait to see how the dice roll, the caper begins. Taggart exits the van and presents his clipboard invoice to the guardsmen at the Schloss's rear, making the way clear for his men with tact. Guten Abend, mein Freund. Guten Nacht. And chloroform. Let's go. Meanwhile, hoofbeats sound on icy gravel as a carriage draws nearer and nearer, and two figures inside adjust their costumes. Wilhelm, this hat is ridiculous. Say, George, that's pretty good German. You aren't kidding. 
But we don't have to be in character yet. Fine, but remember, I'm Rudolf, you're Frederick. Yes, but how did you learn German so well? I've always been good with languages. Once in the war, I infiltrated a German battalion for five days. I sold American cigarettes and apples, snatched some schematics, and left without being discovered. I'm a sneaky woman. And you say you were in the British Army? Didn't they discover that you were a woman? They did. Let us chalk it up to indiscretion in the choice of a bathing spot. But I was Private First Class George Purcell then, and I remained it to the credit of my platoon. I didn't forget it when I became the lieutenant. Kept him out of the trenches. Got us a tank. Ooh, I've always wanted a tank. Oh, man. Oh, who am I kidding? Tanks are fabulous. Yeah. And as the pair of imposters prepare to infiltrate the party, the backup has secured the kitchen. And that's the last of them, Mr. Taggart. Every member of the kitchen staff accounted for, bound, gagged, and put in the cellar. Wine cellar. Oi. Lucky bastards. I may have been a bit light fingered down there. You sly jackal. You may win my favourite yet. Okay, mates, get comfy. Now it's for us to wait and act if something goes wrong. Taggart, the butler says the guests are arriving, and they need those canapes now! Belay that last, lads. Up, up with you, you horse and pillocks. Let's get these stoves going. They won't know we're among them till they've wiped their lips of the last meal they'll ever have. Arr! Now let's make some canapes! Man, does she ever have a thing for swords? Don't gulp, George. Rudolph, I'm Rudolph. I thought I was Rudolph. No, you're Frederick. Fine, but my point, Rudolph, mm-hmm. is that we mustn't be detected because we can't attract Lady Magdalena's attention. Announcing Rudolph und Frederick Klodhofer. I had forgotten about that formality. Why, Gavin Frederick? Oh, God. What, Magdalena? Worse. Worse than Lady Magdalena? What indeed could be worse? What will become of our heroes? Will they escape Magdalena's notice? Will they rescue Nash before it's too late? Will Taggart make good canapes? Can he even spell canapes? Hey! All this and more in the next staggeringly engrossing episode of Sky Pirates! You're listening to KWUR Clayton 90.3 FM. That was episode 6. Tune in, keep on, keep on, keep it on for episode 7 coming up later in this episode. We'll be right back, however, after this short musical break. It, it did start off so well. Yeah. 
Remember, listeners, when you're naked and far from home, seek out quality entertainment. This is the K-Word Theater of the Air, here on KWUR Clayton 90.3 FM. And now, a public service announcement. A healthy diet and regular physical activity can decrease your weight and improve your health. Learn more at smallstep.gov. This is a public service message brought to you by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, the Ad Council, and this station. All right. As mentioned, this is the K-Word Theater of the Air. Yes. This week, mm. soirees. Soirees. Mm, yes. Have you, try- have you tried the canapes? I have tried the canapes. They're positively to die for. They're scrumptious. I, I would probably kill a man. I would kill two men. They're that good. They're that good. It's, I would use the crustini. canapes to kill two men. It's a it's a little crostini with a slight dab of goat cheese and some chives and. Is that what canapes actually are? I mean, they're they're toast points, okay. so you can put whatever whatever you like on them. I presume you could probably have canapes with caviar on them, maybe bits of pate. Sounds good. I, for some reason, mm-hmm. yes, I was always under the impression that they were something like rolled up. Which is funny because guess what Dave and I are having for dinner when we get like home? for example the dolmades dol- that I made dolmades that David made earlier today which are which are those stuffed grape leaves there I bought this this jar of grape leaves like two <laughs> years ago it's I mean it's fine it's perfectly yes. fine but it has been hilariously sitting in the back of our pantry for taunting me two years taunting me just chilling out there waiting. Calling to me at all hours of the night. David, roll things in me, like rice and other aromatic vegetables, perhaps. That's what it says. It's like it's freaking taunting me, and I, I, it drives me to madness. So you I had to, I had to conquer it. See a doctor. Yeah, a food doctor. <laughs> a food doctor. You know who the food doctor is? Me. Okay. This guy. Right. Me. Listeners, I'm coming into my own as a uh, as a host of parties. Uh, <laughs> in fact, uh, on Wednesday, you should have been there. We had the rap party for um, Kaywer Theater of the Air. We uh, was at our apartment. We had sort of a we had a reception. Dave and I could have been studying for finals, but no, but no. Uh, I woke at the crack of serious a.m. and this the- man <laughs> constructed a sandwich. That if you didn't know better, you, you might mistake, mistake it for, a, for giant a giant delicious truck. Delicious truck. What were you going to say? Uh, I was going to say a mountain made oh. out of bread and meat. Okay, so... Um, Which is a... That, that is an uncomfortable... That is a way more uncomfortable image than I was originally intending. Bread and meat mountain. Bread mountain. Come for get your cares. Bread mountain. A mountain full of... Meat. Okay. No, no, it's just getting worse. It's just getting worse. Oh, God. It sounds like a Kiss track, doesn't it? Like, hey, you're listening to Kiss. This is our album number two with a track number four, a Mountain Made of Meat. Yeah, put it on, Gene. And then Gene Simmons starts spinning it. I don't know why it's Kiss has their own wait, like, wait, radio wait, 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 show. Wait. He starts spinning it? Spinning as it. A, like, a record? Like, yeah. As opposed to, I don't know, playing it on an electric guitar because it's Kiss? No, I'm saying that they're they're introducing their own song on a radio station. Why wouldn't they introduce their own song at a concert? Because they already do. Look, okay, it was just a fleeting little image of Gene Simmons sitting where we are with Paul Stanley, and they've all got the makeup on, even though they're on the radio. <laughs> you can hear the makeup through the radio. Like... If uh, like applying it, or just them with their no, hey. no, it, it's sort of a it's sort of a low, uh, it's a very low tone, hmm. very low tone that comes through the, mm-hmm. the speakers. You can hear you can hear it if you reverse the track and drop out the the higher frequencies. It tells you to commit crimes. Wait, what what I'm saying, listeners, is that kisses makeup. Instruct I'm trying you to, say to make commit, backwards. commit crimes through the radio. <laughs> so enough about those lovable scamps. Yeah, Gene what Simmons were we talking about? Really, we were, we're talking, talking about, about the big sandwiches. Bread. Okay, so in Ex- um, explain this sandwich. The Silver Palette Cookbook has this recipe in the back of it called the Big Bread. And as soon as I got this cookbook, I knew at some point I was going to have to conquer this beast. Okay. <laughs> um, 
You make it sound like it was destiny. Well, the big bread is basically a recipe. That I would cleft do. open the tome, and there, upon the backmost page, <laughs> was my destiny. It was. This is a recipe that would give Paula Deen um, an apoplectic fit. She would just go nuts. <laughs> uh, so okay, so so it's not even it's not even deep fried. What no, are you it's about? it's actually as far as sandwiches go, as far as enormously ridiculous Paula Deen-esque things go, it's not that bad for you in the aggregate. But the, it, it also feeds – this is a sandwich that feeds 12 to 14 people. Let's let's put that out there first. So we have this – The first you have to make the big bread. You have to make the loaf itself, uh, which takes 12 to 13 cups of flour. That's a five-pound bag of flour, okay, uh, plus water and some molasses and some salt. Uh, excuse me. And some yeast. Uh, and so I got up real early, started making this bread, and uh, and making this thing is a monster, okay? I, I've needed some bread in my time, you know? I've made some pizza. I've never had to wrangle with a seven-pound lump of dough, because there's a lot of water in this thing, you know? And it, it's, it was sort of like wrestling with, with a sticky wolverine, is, is kind of how I've been describing it to my friends. Uh, Anyway, yes. so we bake that, and, and, and this thing comes out to be about two feet in diameter, like a two-foot wheel of bread about eight inches high. Uh, it fit in my oven just fine. Um, pull it out and put it on the drying racks. I set up, like, three for this thing to cool on. Um, then you have to start assembling the filling. So the sandwich filling takes two pounds of sausages, uh, something like seven or I, I used six or seven Peppers, red peppers, bell peppers, uh, red, red and yellow bell peppers and green peppers, um, which I roasted. And then there's an entire eggplant that goes in there, about a cup and a half of seasoned ricotta cheese, um, prosciutto, provolone, a sliced um, sliced tomatoes, uh, sautéed onions and mushrooms, uh, arugula, salad dressing. Okay, so when you finish – when I finish the sandwich – Sandwich has three layers, right? You cut four slices out of the out of the bread laterally, so it's got three different. It's basically three sandwiches combined. Um, which is I I should terrifying. say it was it was delicious actually. Thank you. It was a very good sandwich. It was a delicious sandwich. Like you 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 think of it and you think this is so unnecessary, and that that's what I thought as I was making. It. I was like this, you know. Ladies of the Silver Palette cookbook, this is a completely unnecessary recipe. It could even be hazardous. I, I had remembered this from earlier. I just looked this up. Do you remember a couple of weeks ago there was a man in Georgia? Yes. Yes. There was a man in Georgia who ordered a sandwich that was so large that when he tried to eat it, he dislocated his jaw. Like, he had to go to the hospital because the sandwich he got was too big, and he and he literally he literally dislocated his jaw. That is horrific. What was the, the name of the sandwich? The, the sandwich, okay, the sandwich was called The Wicked okay. and featured five different types of meat and three cheeses. And uh, he was particularly hungry that day, so he ordered a double. Uh, it, I, I, apparently that Aren't was his— naming it after him? That was his, like, typical sandwich, but he ordered a double. A double wicked. A double wicked. So that's ten meats and six cheeses, and when he tried to bite into it. No, it's still five meats and three cheeses. He dislocated. Well, but it's, it's like, it's like double each number. Yes. You know, like, like five pieces. But if you I have guess, smoked turkey, two. and then you double the smoked turkey, it's still one kind of smoked turkey. Okay. Fine. Anyway, back to my enormous sin against God. Oh, oh, there's more? There's more? Uh, well, the thing the thing ended up being about like a foot and a Did half Did you get high. to the part with the books yet? Yeah, no, I'm getting to that now. So so then we wrapped it in plastic because this thing is not going to fit in, fit in one's mouth. You know, that's like a double – that's like a quadruple wicked, okay? This thing is a foot and a half high. There is no way that anyone is going to unhinge his jaw to put this enormous monstrosity, just abomination of a sandwich in your mouth. No. 
but it's, it's uh, the I, kind I should, of sandwich I that a lion might be able to comfortably fit in its mouth. Or a boa constrictor. Just unhinged. So I had a piece of scrap bread, and I took some of the pieces and, and put them together and made, like, a prototype sandwich. And all these flavors need to be together. It's delicious. My next project is to figure out how to get all of that filling into a more reasonable sandwich. So in order to well, – you have to compress the sandwich, right? This enormous thing. Um and so I wrapped it in plastic and put some cookie sheets on top of it. And on those cookie sheets, we put some bags of flour. And then on the bags of flour, we put another cookie sheet and four dictionary-sized books. And then I just sort of leaned on it for about 20 minutes. Uh, and then when people started coming, we cut it into serving slices. And it had compressed enough. That the way you were really supposed to eat it is just sort of to put it on its side and pick apart the sandwich. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it was good. It was good. So that was our soiree. Yeah. It was a nice soiree. We had uh, themed cocktails. And I think uh, now it's probably time to move on to the rest of Lady Magdalena's soiree. I believe you're correct. What say you? I wonder if it will end as pleasantly as ours did. I wonder. I wonder. Austria. Snow falls on the black peaks of the Alps as a party unfolds in a grand manor house made of stone and steel. The Schloss Schwarzstahl, Black Steel Castle, home of the dread she-devil, Lady Magdalena von Schwarzhofen. Above in the tower sits the hero of our story, Captain Gulliver Nash of the airship Feathered Beagle, far removed from the festivities. I am chained to the wall. That explained part of it. How are you, Nash? Cold and miserable. Nash has been locked in the tower by his captor, Lady Magdalena, and he is alone in the dark because he has refused her advances. She has given him a week to reconsider. Or she kills me. Or she kills him. <laughs> For now, his punishment has been restricted to being disinvited from Magdalena's party, where she is determined to make Nash jealous by flirting with the male guests. She has made him well aware of this. What else is taking place downstairs, however, is something of which Nash is entirely unaware. A concerted effort by his allies to infiltrate the party and rescue him. Come on, you miserable sacks of flesh. Let's see some action out there. Fire on ticket four, fillets on one. Move, move! Gunnery Sergeant Simon Taggart and the crew of Nash's ship have snuck into the kitchen and replaced the castle's staff. They serve as bulwarks against disaster in case something goes wrong. In order not to be discovered, they must prepare dinner for 300 guests. Perfectly. Bala, look at those shallots. Do you call that brunoise? Get your bottom in motion and give me some proper shallots. No! A task worthy of a medal of honor. Or perhaps a medallion of beef. Bloody hilarious. On the ground, beyond the castle, helmsman and acting first mate Stegman watches patiently for the Beagle's bridge, hoping everything goes off as planned. Hello. What's this? The radar array picks up a large shape, moving whale-like through the sky. Whales don't fly. Metaphor! Stegman looks up at the castle to see the big, black shape docking alongside it. The fearsome silhouette of the Death's Head, flagship of Nash's nemesis, the brilliant and evil Baron Klaus von Grupp. Oh, who invited him? And within the castle, Lady Magdalena flits around from guest to guest, while George and Wilhelm, Nash's allies, attempt to blend in among the partygoers without being seen. Why, Cousin Frederick! That would be Wilhelm, who nearly recoils in horror from the approaching figure. But he must betray no trace of emotion, lest he and Georgina be exposed. Exposed as... Sky Pirates! Klaus, I'm so glad you made it. You should come in, please. I have some people for you to meet, and you've arrived just in time for the Wiener Schnitzel. Thank you, Magdalena. I shall be delighted to... Wiener Schnitzel? How I love Fina Schnitzel! Hello, Hello Fritz. Fritz. Here, let me take your coat. Proceed into the main ballroom. I'll be right after you. Oh, I so love a party! Why haven't you killed him yet? He's insufferable. I can't think of anything I would rather do, Magdalena. But the Reich wanted him aboard ship. Of course, the time is soon approaching when I can safely ignore the Fuhrer's vingings. When you conquer the world, Klaus, do you promise to leave my little corner alone? I swear, nothing will happen to you or your castle. But you know, an emperor needs a cabinet. 
does he? Just putting it out, sir. Where's your mechanical manservant? Where's your crew? On leave. And I told Bladebot to keep a low profile, and only to come out if there was trouble. Fair enough. Now, take my arm, Magdalena, and lead on. I wish to see what you've pulled from your vine cellar. It's famous across the entire continent. Is it really? In the main ballroom, the disguised airmen, Georgina Purcell and Wilhelm von Schwarzhofen, prepare to engage in conversation with a man Wilhelm had described as worse than the cruel Magdalena. He approaches, clad in the finest of silks, tall and slim, with a sense of wiry strength to him. Who is he? Augustus, Magdalena's half-brother. Oh, dear God. I say, what a frightfully diverging assembly. What? It's been a dog's age, old Freddy. Hey, what? Where's the, um, old shtick? <laughs> Good show, old Beano Topper. What? Why, you've shaved your mustache. Uh, yes. Yes, I have. Oh, now, young Rudolph, how you've grown. Why, I haven't seen you in ten years at least. Magdalena will be so delighted to see the both of you. Stay right here. Maggie, hello! Hello, Maggie! Sweet heaven, Wilhelm, that man is everything I hate about England. Wilhelm? Frederick? Where did you go? Damn it. Magdalena, you remember cousin Frederick? He shaved his mustache. Oh, where did he go, Rudolph? <coughs> I believe he went to get another of these fine pieces of filet. Rudolph? No. Uh-oh. Darling, I hardly recognize you at all. How you have grown. Well, Swiss food, you know. We are mountain people. Rusty and that hearty stuff. You've grown so tall. And so handsome. Mmm... <clears throat> but I forget myself. Please meet my good friend, the Baron von Grupp of Belgium. Call me Klaus, please. I am evidently among friends. It is a pleasure, young Rudolph. Your cousin informs me you have a passing interest in clockwork. Has she? Rudolph's father owns the largest clock manufactory in Switzerland. Don't be modest, Rudolph. I still have that mechanical bird you made me when you were a cute little boy. And now you are a cute little man. Or perhaps a big man. Uh, so you do a little tinkering then? Yes, I do so like the meshing of gears. It is so common to watch. I agree. Come, Maggie, let's leave these two to their conversation. I'm certain they will be best friends. Very well, but I'll swing by later, okay, Rudy? <laughs> yep. And as George attempts small talk with Baron von Grupp, her arch nemesis, one thought continues to bob up and down in the back of her mind. Where has Wilhelm gotten to? Wilhelm von Schwarzhofen, the man once known across Europe's skies as the Black Duke, picks furtively in the dark through a maze of stairways and corridors in the house that used to be his own. Silently, he makes his way into the tower in the castle's south wing, the former location of his private quarters. Mounting the stairs, he strides upwards in the darkness until he reaches the door at the top. He looses the sword from his scabbard and opens the door. Maggie! Maggie, I'm sorry. You'll have to kill me. I don't love you. What the hell are you talking about? Wilhelm? Yeah. Help me find the light switch. Uh, to your left? You got it. Phew. Did she redecorate? What is this? 18th century boudoir. Leopard skin sheets? Manacles? That's a kinky dame. You're telling me. Get me out of here. From the sounds of it, kid, she's your problem now, not mine. Where's she keep the keys to these things? She probably has them on her. That's what I thought. Wait, what, wait, what is going on? Why are you here? We're rescuing you. Hold still. The hell is that? It's called a bardiche. Now hold still or you'll lose a hand. Taking a huge polearm off the wall, Wilhelm hefts, swings, and... Oh, good aim there. You, you cut the chains. Nice bracelets. We'll have to have George cut them off back at the ship. George! This whole thing was her idea, you know. Really? Yeah. Now come on and help me move the bed. There's a secret trap door out of there. Sure, uh, but I I'm going to close the door first. I don't want anyone to hear us making noise, because the last thing we want is to attract... Trouble. Oh, my God. Good evening, gentlemen. 
It is Bladebot, Baron von Grupp's giant mechanical sergeant-at-arms. Mr. Nash, I believe you were trying to escape. That just frosts my cookies. Wilhelm, where is my sword? Got it over here. I think Lady Magdalena would be particularly unhappy if she learned you were trying to run away. You're one of those robots, aren't you? Uh, don't suppose you'd take a bribe? No, sir. I'm afraid the only thing for it will be to cut you into squishy little pieces. Yeah? You and what army? Oh. Like the simultaneous honing of a thousand knives, Bladebot unsheaths. Nash, here. Huh. My sword. Oh, you asked for it, you Swiss army knife. Bring it, meatbag. And the sword fight to end all sword fights begins. Two able fighters against a third that is made of edged steel. Bladebot begins by forcing Nash back into the room and closing the door behind them. Nash scrambles back to Wilhelm, and the two of them ponder their options. Well, this could be the end for us, my old adversary. Nash, if we are to die together, let us do it in glory. Now is the time for valor. I'm with you there. Rush him on three, all right? Okay. Nine, One, two, three. three. Yeah! Ah! 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 Get him. And as the battle rages in the South Tower, the party continues below, the guests blithely unaware. George and Klaus talk shop. Would Master Rudolf care for more champagne? Hmm? No, I'm fine, thank you. Anyway, Klaus, that crankshaft idea is all well and good, but... Would Master Rudolf care for more champagne? Oh, champagne. Yes, certainly. Let me go get a flute. I put mine down. Accompany me with that bottle. Don't falter, George. Sorry, Kensington. Forgot myself. What's up? Wilhelm's mate to the South Tower. He should be escaping with Nash through the trap door now. In 20 minutes, dessert service will finish. At that time, excuse yourself from the party for a smoke and make your way to the rendezvous point. You got it. Now, top me off, Barky. Mustn't relax your guard. I'm not missing a chance to drink Chateau Mouton de Rothschild, thank you. There's something curious about your cousin, Magdalena. Oh? He knows an awful lot about machines for a man whose father only owns a watch factory. I think you're just jealous, Klaus, because I think he's cute. Hmm. Forget about it. He's coming back. Hi, Rudy. Hello, cousin Magdalena. Klaus and I were just talking of business. You know how the affairs of men go, always working. <laughs> and what of the affairs of women? Oh, uh... I am a busy man, and I have little time for such fripperies. Can I ask you something? Why, of course. Magdalena bends and whispers something so salacious into George's ear that her lapel flower blushes. I beg your pardon, Magdalena. I fear I must respectfully decline. Van Grupp looks at Magdalena quizzically. Honestly. Now, Rudolph. On to drive shafts. Why is everyone turning me down today? The spirit of vengefulness overtakes her and she impulsively forms a plan. Meanwhile, like minds attract, and surely as Grub and George have hit it off, so too have Augustus and Fritz. This is the bestest Wiener Schnitzel I have ever consumed. And you say you're a fascist? How jolly! I'm a fascist too! Fancy that! What? How dare you say that to a lady? <gasps> Magdalena levels her finger at a terribly confused-looking George. The crowd parts around them. Magdalena pulls a sword from the wall. Augustus, defend your sister's honor. Come here. How good are you, duel? How spiffing. A duel? A waiter scurries into the kitchen as a hush falls over the castle. Problem, problem, problem! Keep your hair on, Kensington. We'll fix it. What's the matter? George and Augustus are gonna have a do! What? How'd that happen? I don't know! George doesn't even know how to hold a sword. Well, okay. We've got to break up the fight before he kills her. Precisely, Fenwick. But who's this Augustus player? I didn't get a good look at him, but he's Magdalena's half-brother. That means trouble. Right. Well, lads, let's prepare for the contingency plan. Nash is safe, but now George is in trouble, so we've got to go with rescue plan beta. We'll have to disrupt the party. We can't hurt the guests, though. They're just bystanders. 
No, you're right, Fenwick. We just need to startle them. Break up the duel by stampeding them like a herd of sheep. Any ideas? We ride through the doors on that service car. Yes, brilliant, Fenwick. Then each crewman takes a pot or a cudgel. Or a broom that you've sharpened. In the old fire. Yeah. And then you got to drop a chandelier. Don't you ride the chandelier down? How do you get up there? No, you just drop it on something. Yeah. Yeah. All right, yeah. cut the chatter. Let's get to work. Yeah. yeah. Upstairs, there isn't much time for plans as Nash and Wilhelm face off against the terrible blade bot. You know, you can make a killing as a landscaper. Such beautiful topiary. Oh, I like that. Make a killing. Okay, bad choice of words. Hey, Wilhelm. Yeah. Fancy a nap? What? Fancy a nap? What is wrong with you? The bed. Move the bed so we can open the app or. The what? The app or. Oh! Aren't you trying to plot something? You know, if you held still, this would be over a lot quicker. Nash leaps over the bed to join Wilhelm and push it into the giant mechanical mess. Okay, now what, Mr. Plan-type guy? How do you open the trap door? You pull the torch. Great. I'll distract him while you pull the... Never seen that before. Bladebot tears through the bed like a chainsaw through butter. Enough of this, humans. Now is the time for your... Now! Doom? What? Why, Bladebot, I believe you've discovered human emotions. Like anger. And hubris. Give me that thing, Nash. Bladebot finds itself stuck in the trapdoor. Its steely bulk safely away from our fleshy heroes. Hey, our muscular heroes. That's better. Hefting the Bardiche once more, Wilhelm separates Bladebot's head from its body with a clinging coup de grace. I hate you so much. Of course, you can still talk. Can't have any witnesses, little severed head. You're coming with us. Ow! Ha-ha! How many blades do you have? I'm not telling. Here, let's wrap him in this. Okay, now, which way is out? Well, we broke the trap door. We'll just have to sneak out another way. Oh. Shut up, Bladebot. All is set for the duel. A priest is present to administer last rites. A circle of salt has been drawn on the floor, and the kitchen staff are prepared to break the thing up at a moment's notice. The combatants square off, George in her fine suit coat and Augustus in his fancy wig. This is ridiculous, Magdalena. Why are you doing this? I'm feeling blue. This will improve my spirits. You know you can talk to me about that kind of thing, instead of indiscriminately killing off your party guests. I know. Especially the ones I like talking to. Hmm. Now who's jealous? Shh, it's starting. A distinguished guest officiates. <clears throat> the gentleman will shake hands. The gentleman will turn about. The gentleman will take five paces forward. Now, turn and begin. The combatants circle one another like cats or cobras. George holds her saber with confidence as Augustus slowly draws in and... <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I say. (gasps) What? Nobody said you couldn't punch. Um, that would make Master Rudolph the winner. (laughs) Lovely. Now, I do hope that this debt of honor can be considered to be paid in full, and we can continue on with the... A shrieking caravan bursts forth from the kitchen's double doors like a mortar round, scattering guests like ninepins. They are armed with the most fearsome of weaponry. Hots, pans, cudgels, and... And the sharpened broom? That's on fire! A sharpened broom? That's on fire! Of course, there are dangers associated with startling a castle full of Germanic aristocrats, among whom the fashion is to wear a sword at one's belt. It's a workers' rebellion! Put it down! Put them down! Put them in that Make sure you check their pockets! What is going on with my party? You're not part of my staff! You started it. Bladebot, come in. This is urgent. Bladebot. Just then, Nash and Wilhelm sneak into the ballroom. Bladebot slits a tiny hole in its blanket. Baron, 
Help! Blade Bob? Nash! Nash? Georgina? Georgina? Announcer! Come on, let's get out of here! Wilhelm? Hi, Hi honey. honey. In the fracas, someone knocks off George's hat, exposing her long hair. She's a woman? Uh, hi. I'm going to slaughter all of you! Magdalena suddenly disappears into the floor. Wilhelm unclenches a lever and smiles. I love this castle. With Nash rescued, the crew turns to its secondary objective. Beating the tar out of Magdalena's dinner guests. It is not a difficult task. Grup is nowhere to be seen. Victorious, the crew returns to their ship laden with jewelry, expensive statuary, and many a bottle of fine wine. Outside the schloss, Magdalena struggles to her feet in a pile of snow. So, that was fun. Why do we even have that lever? Come here, I'll help you up. What an embarrassment. Want to get out of here? Yes. (laughs) Where are you going? I, Magdalena, am going to the moon. There's nothing left for me here. The moon? I want to go to the moon! Fritz, you're not invited. My leg! Did that make you feel better? A little. They ruined my party, Klaus. They stole my revenge, and my ex-husband came back from the dead! My face! And they beheaded my favorite robot. Everybody hurts. I'll make you some cocoa. Okay. And as the feathered beagle sails off into the night, Lady Magdalena von Schwarzhofen stands on the threshold of her looted castle and says, I'll get you, Gulliver Nash. I'll get you if it's the last thing I do. Licking their wounds and sipping hot chocolate, our villains plan their next move. The construction of a moon fortress. Will they succeed? Will Nash and company be able to thwart them in time? How many marshmallows does Grupp put in his hot cocoa? All this and more on the next scintillating episode of... Sky Pirates! Well, that just about does it for this episode of the K-Worth Theater of the Air. Yes, it does. <sighs> so I suppose it's time that we play the credit music and I read some credits. Okay. Let's do that. This episode, the Soiree episode, was written, produced, illustrated, and conceived by David Reinstrom and David Brunel Brutman, with some help from the K-Worth Theater of the Air, which uh, this week consisted of Evan Kuhn as our narrator, and Fritz, Alexandra Jensen as Magdalena, David Brunel Brutman as Von Grupp and Fenwick, Alice Sheldon as Bladebot, Michael Giserni as Taggart, and distinguished guest, Kareth Parashak as George, Justin Pieper as Wilhelm, David Reinstrom as Nash Wunt Augustus, um, Ben Steinberg as Mr. Stegman, Willis Garcini as Digby, and introducing George, yeah! And also, music was produced with the help of, with the exclusive, uh, music was made by the K-War <laughs> Orchestra of the Air, uh, Mike Giserni, director, uh, music by Thomas Stevens, Mike Giserni, and Robert Panico. Okay, really quick, the <laughs> K-War Orchestra of the Air is... Uh, in this instance, Katie Johnston, Chris Izzo, Walter Fu, Martha Bass, Philip Gibbs, Mickey Bradford, Alex Strauss, Brian Baird, Thomas Stevens, Allison Chin, Chase Faree, Jacob Stern, Candy Giroux, Bennett Geckner, Mike Giserni. Well, ladies and gentlemen, I suppose that's all about the time we have for this episode. Yes, indeed. Before we get evicted, we'll be back. We'll be back uh, to bring you more quality content sometime soon. But until then, we'll see you at the movies. What? I don't know. I figured we needed a catchphrase. I don't think I'll. We'll see you at the movies. Why? I mean, this we'll, is. We'll see you. We'll never see them though because at they're my house. on you'll, you'll be the at radio. My, you'll be at my party. No, I will hear you. I, you will hear me. That doesn't make it. You'll hear me.